This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm not going to cry about the Donovan Mitchell thing. You know, he tried to get the rebound, went through a bunch of people's hands. There was turnovers all down the stretch of the game. That was a game that they had. They choked away. They blew it. I was proud of the response the next night against Miami to come back and blow the doors off of them in the third quarter. I think the Magic game was a schedule loss. I'll write that one off. We'll see what they do the rest of the season from here. Because it's more about, like, for me, it's, all right, you have this foundational piece. How do you build around him? And do you feel good about the way that you close out the season? Can you close out the season strong? The Nets should probably be favored in, I believe, every game or very close to every game the remainder of the season. They were actually underdogs going into yesterday. So it's not like that was a a totally unexpected result either. It's not just me saying that. The Magic were favored in that game. I think the Nets will be favored in almost, if not all, games the rest of the year, considering the Sixers is the last game, and I, I doubt they're playing anybody in, in that game. But really, it, it's about the, the present now. How do these guys come together? How do they play? And then the future, who are you putting around Mikael Bridges? Because he's the obvious piece for this team. Yeah, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll go in a little bit of order of the notes, but where I'm at with the Nets is they, they beat Miami. They own the tiebreaker with Miami already. Um, I put in the notes and I read somewhere that for the Miami Heat to get out of the play and get out of that seven seed, they'd have to have a better final record than the Nets and the Knicks. And I don't think that's going to happen for them to jump two teams with the tiebreaker over them. I believe the Knicks will play Miami again, and that could change the tiebreaker. But I think currently the Knicks have it. What I'm saying is the goal that I set for this team, the bar that I set for these guys It's still attainable. They haven't dropped all the way out. A loss here, a loss there, soul-crushing loss that has me paralyzed in bed in the last seconds like, this can't be life. Whatever. They're still potentially the sixth seed, and they still have the opportunity to go into the playoffs potentially against the Sixers, win one game against those guys, maybe more. And you look at this season, and you can't be too mad about it. You can't be mad about what these guys are able to do um, together, all things considered. All right, let's go to that two-minute report. I put in the notes, uh, Bleacher Report put out an article, Donovan Mitchell committed lane violation before the Cavs game winner. We know, but like call it in real time. What I'll say about the two-minute report is it's supposed to be the NBA and officials taking accountability, but it's, it's one thing to take accountability and admit wrong. It's another thing to take accountability and do something about it. There's nothing you can do about it. Like, 
I did see, and Brian Lewis put out the tweet, the last two-minute report confirmed that Cavs star, blah, 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 blah. We know he should have been called for a lane violation. That should have had, like, Luka Doncic vibes when Luka, um, you know, beat the Knicks. But I think he was good. I think the two-minute report said he was fine. I mentioned Luka because uh, it goes back to what I'm saying about retro retroactively doing something about it. The NBA just rescinded his 16th technical so that he doesn't get suspended. Good. Like, that's what you should be doing if you go back and look at things. And uh, poor Luca, basketball just ain't fun anymore. It's just a little different vibe going on now. I don't know what happened over there in Dallas, but they're out of the plan. What are they, 11? Whatever it is, we're not allowed to talk about it. So just move past it. Yeah, you're right. So enough with the uh, little Cavs home-and-home series. On our last episode, I said, maybe the Nets can steal one from the Cavs. And they were on track to winning that game. And then the Cavs stole one. They're a good team. They've clinched. Later on, we'll show the standings. The top four seeds in the East are already clinched. Now going to the Heat game and uh, going down there to Miami to beat those guys. Udonis Haslam went home that night. He was punching air. It's a wrap for them. It's over for them. And good. I've got no love for the Miami Heat. I've got no love for Jimmy Buckets and Tyler Euro and Bam Adebayo and whoever else they run out there. The Nets, like, I don't know. The thing about the Nets, like, they held those guys to 100. And it's like sometimes they can turn it on where you're watching this team and you're like, damn, they're good. Like, they they can pass the ball. They can defend. They can score it. They get into a good rhythm. Then other times it's like, it's I don't know, it's still day and night, which uh, tells me that these guys are still figuring things out and still tweaking with, lineups and and adjusting but going back to that game the nets win 129 100 that's the biggest win of the season 29 point win i think i read somewhere there was some type of record set with that game for the nets and you get 27 points out of bridges 23 points out of cj that's 50 points from the twins spencer chips in 15 nick claxton with 14 and 10 rebounds dorian finney smith with 12 Edmund Sumner, I want to give props to on this podcast, coming through with the energy and the speed. He had 12. And even Dayron Sharp. We have to give Dayron Sharp some credit for responding in the right way. As a second-year young man, this kid is, what, 20 years old, 21 years old. He's young. Um, seeing Moses Brown sign, seeing Nerlens Noel signed and getting clocked right away, it fired him up, and he's made improvement. Like, he's been solid in this last stretch. And now I'm looking at things like, hey, it is what it is. That's our backup center. Good for Dayron. Anything you guys want to add to the Miami Heat win, the only win that we're talking about on this podcast? Well, you you mentioned a couple of the things. One, uh, I think Edmund Sumner should be the backup point guard the remainder of the season. Uh, he, he provides uh, – he was hurt in that Magic game, and I think they missed him. You notice that uh, both Cam Johnson and Bridges singled him out after the game against Miami, Sumner brings a few things. And look, let's not overstate what he is. He doesn't finish that well around the basket, but he's a straight line driver. He plays fast. He plays hard and he plays defense. And this is a team that has struggled with point of attack defense. So as much as um, Cam Thomas can score, which we've seen in spurts and Seth Curry can shoot. I think the guy who provides the most and will provide the most consistently from that spot is Edmund Sumner. So I'd like to see him, in that role. I, I think they also missed, you know, Royce O'Neal, who, who you've seen provide really good play for them uh, the, the next day in, in Orlando. Against Miami, Keith, you, you sort of hit on it, and, and Sharp, by the way, does deserve credit. 
when they've when they've really seemed to be able to hit fire on all, all cylinders, they're locking teams down, they're clamping, and this is also a three point shooting team, right? So they're going to live and die by the three. I, I think some of it is how long you know the, the time that they've been together. Some of it is it's just difficult to have that sort of effort every single night, and it is human nature, you know. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I don't think what you saw on Saturday versus what you saw on Sunday is as much of a rhythm thing as it is when you know you're playing the Miami Heat and the the seating is on the line coming off of that Cavs game. There's a certain level of mentality and you're leaving it all on the floor. What happens when you leave it all on the floor and you're asked to play less than 24 hours later against a, a team Second with live half of a back-to-back. It's that's like a, it's such a common a, thing a in the NBA. It's just... It's just facts. It's hard. And when you're talking about the Magic, they have a bunch of young guys with fresh legs. Half the season, they didn't even care. So, like, now they're playing well the last 50 games. Yeah, it happens. Go ahead. Yeah, and going back to the the De'Ron Sharp conversation, and I'll be the first one to say, not that I was totally wrong, but I did say some things, and I think we all did, about him not really being the guy for this Nets team and him not necessarily looking like he was NBA-ready. Uh, he looked more like a G League player for a lot of the time he's he's come up with the Nets before this recent stretch of games. But one thing about De'Ron Sharp to go on all the way back to when the Nets drafted him is that when he played at UNC, he was never a starter there, right? He he was a one-year player, one and done for UNC. He never started. He won their sixth man of the year. I think he was running runner-up for ACC freshman of the year, but he never started for them. He was an early enrollee, and then he came to the Nets, and once again, obviously, he's not the player. He's not the guy. He's been fighting up and trying to put himself in a position where he can, you know, the version of the guy for Daron Sharp is right now is to be the backup center where he's always been fighting for that, that next step. So this isn't new for him. And it was really awesome to see that. I mean, if you're Daron Sharp, you have to know the conversation around the nets, right? They need a backup center. They need a backup. They need a, they need a backup. They need a backup. When you compare him to someone like Cam Thomas, and who is in front of them competing for minutes. Cam Thomas is in a way worse situation. Daron Sharp only needs to be, honestly, an NBA replacement-level player to get those minutes. And when we watch Daron, there's a lot a lot to like, even before this recent stretch of games. So it's really nice to see him uh, come together and, and have some moments. And I don't think any of us are under the illusion that right now he is any sort of a, a lock starter, someone that needs to play, even a lock off the bench role, right? But he has shown signs of development. And when you look at the Nets' history of big man development, we have been working off of positive signs in the first two or three years of watching players play in that position. And then in the fourth year, they blossom, right? So De'Ron Sharp is technically, you know, the way the Nets have gone, he's on schedule. Clocks didn't show us that much for the first two years. Jared Allen the same way. And now we have another big man who seems to be and hopefully is uh, following that path into not only Nets relevancy, but hopefully wherever he may land, NBA relevancy. 